like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel, never ending or beginning on a never spinning reel, like a snowball down a mountain. Hello everybody and welcome to Deja Views, a podcast about remakes. My name is Aaron and on today's show, we're going to do a little bit, of, a little something different here. We're going to talk about three movies that we watched and never recorded episodes for. Uh, the <laughs> Thomas Crown Affair, Psycho, and Freaky Friday. Yay! And, uh... Who's with me, as always, to discuss? Hey, what's up, guys? It's so good to see you. This is going to be an excellent episode. We got a lot to talk about. And, uh, yeah, I'm so happy to be with you guys. It's me, Greg, a.k.a. The Gas Man, a.k.a. Greg Johnson. What's up, dudes? Hey, man. This is Christopher here. It is also very good to see you, too, in beautiful streaming glory my preferred method of seeing anything so just a, what happened to your uh this little um inside baseball for the listeners but gas man what happened to your uh, thank it. god it's uh no way was it they they shoot horses don't they poster that used to be behind you <laughs> oh yeah oh i still have that uh the jumbo jane fonda sydney pollock they shoot horses don't they poster i'm just in a different room right now you know? oh okay that's I'm a still great in my poster. uh Oh, and it's a it it's a good movie. Um, I, I love it. I love it a lot. Um, but yeah, thanks for noticing. I'm still here in my apartment, just a different wall. Still tons of ambulances going by. Still people on all four sides, like poltergeist. I actually, oh, I, let me start by saying this. I was um, with two huge fans of the show, John and Andrea. Um, and nice. they're, they're both big fans of Deja Views, all things Views dudes. And we were watching Frasier because they had it on DVD. <laughs> and there's an episode of Frasier. It was a cliffhanger, season one, uh, cliffhanger, or season two cliffhanger, I think, where he falls in love with uh, Mary Jo, the actress from Poltergeist. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know. I just wanted well, to let you I know saw, that. We could do like six degrees of deja vus on this show. <laughs> In the future, oh, yeah, yeah, we were very How like, what's, gonna, what's she from? And then I'm like, oh, she's from Poltergeist. It's the mom from Poltergeist because Fraser takes her on vacation. Then Fraser ends up running into Lilith, Uh-oh. his ex-wife. Yeah, <laughs> that Fraser, he's at it again. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> Poltergeist was a fun episode, though. That was the last time we met. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> that was a good one. I, I enjoyed that. But yeah, I mean, today, you know, we we've. We've had a few episodes. I mean, Psycho was actually our very first aborted episode, but uh, yeah. we're here to discuss these three because uh, they've been in our heads and we want to get them out. So. Yeah, but, that uh, Psycho episode first... is like, uh, the, what was it, the KTLA episodes of MST3K that you'll never yes, see? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you'll never see them. You'll never see this views. It's It should be burned. In fact, it probably is. I have no idea where you could even find it now. Oh, that's true. But uh, before we get to that, I... You know, it's approaching the end of the year. Thought we'd do a little content roundup, partners. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's do it. Qu- quarantine and 2020 has been all about content. And Christopher, you always have like kind of good, I feel like, cool stuff you've been watching. Is there anything you've been watching? Um, I mean, I watch crap too. You know, I just don't talk about it. <laughs> I keep that crap for myself. You know, it's my own little world of crap. <laughs> Um, speaking of not crap, we actually rewatched uh, The Wizard of Oz recently, and you know I think like everyone, 
<laughs> in the English-speaking world, you probably grew up with Wizard of Oz, and uh, I actually had not seen it for many, many years. So it is real heartening to find out that it is just as good as you remember. It's got this real genuine innocence to it, <laughs> even with all the weird stuff around it. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. And what was shocking to me watching it this time is the pace of it. It's an hour and 39 minutes, and it fucking cooks. Like, it never, ever lets up. I was shocked. Especially because, um, well, gas man, now that I have your, you know, NBA basketball rules in my head, whenever I watch an older movie, I'm thinking of that. <laughs> but for this one, boy, it, it, you could put this up against any modern fantasy movie, child's movie, whatever you want to call it. And, it, and it holds up like gangbusters. All the songs are great. All the acting is great. Um, I mean, Judy Garland is just, I don't know. I get kind of choked up because her real life, to me, like, I can't help but let it blend in with the movies, so it kind of becomes this, you know, this thing. <laughs> but I would say... Are you crying? Are you crying right now? I, th- I mean, <laughs> I, I, somewhere over the rainbow? I mean, come on. He's dropping a tear over no, here. Gosh. I know. When she's I crying know. for Auntie M, like, towards the end of the movie, I mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah, man, I'm crying. Yeah. Oh, well, boy, I got to say, too. I, I hope... Me too. Is it... I hope MGM is listening because if they don't put this thing cooks on the next poster or DVD <laughs> release, they're damn fools. I was shocked at how fast it went by. Like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's a great flick. Oh, just too good. And like against all odds, too. There's like five ghost directors. It's like an adaptation of a book. That's an adaptation of a play. That's an adaptation of a musical. <laughs> You're doing Several three, people almost die on the set. It's I mean, three-strip Technicolor. So that's three yeah. different film elements going through a camera. So you had to have three times the light, which means it was like 100 plus degrees on the set. And you're in a full lion costume. You're sweating. You're dying in there. Yeah, against all odds. Totally against all And plus, you know, this is the golden era of, like, studio cranking when they would just, they could crank out, like, 20, 30 movies a year, which is, like, something a a studio can never do now. (laughs) I hope you like a lot of movies about down-on-their-luck boxers because that's what what you got. Actually, that's one of the episodes we got to do. The Champ? I love The Champ. The original. I've never, I've never seen, seen, seen the remake. The one with John Voight? Yeah, John I haven't Voight, seen that right? one. Yeah, I've never seen that either. Wasn't there a remake of Wizard of Oz with James Franco? <laughs> that was actually a prequel. It's called, oh. <laughs> it's called the, the the Wonderful Wizard of Oz. And boy, it is it is terrible. It's like James Franco's asleep <laughs> at the wheel. He just clearly doesn't care. <laughs> Which is like funny when you're not watching the movie. But when you're watching it, it's like... Brutal, 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 brutal. Yeah, that movie, I, I couldn't suggest skipping that movie enough. <laughs> that was a hard skip, even as a Sam Raimi fan. Tough, tough skip on that one. You yeah. know what's amazing is, like, Wizard of Oz is obviously excellent, one of the best movies ever. Judy Garland, one of the best ever. And the way that it goes from black and white into color, um, I mean, it's just unmatched. Christopher, aren't you from Kansas? It takes place in Kansas, right? (laughs) I want to say real quick, there's a Land of Oz amusement park in, like, North Carolina that's 
abandoned. Yeah. I've always and wanted it's got to a go yellow there. brick road. Yeah, I think we should do a deja views dudes road trip to the land of Oz. Hell they yeah. open it like they open it like one month a year or something. <laughs> And yeah, probably can, not in COVID. We can do it yeah, as not. a tie-in with The Wiz, which is a kind of remake of it. That's yeah, a great The Wiz idea. is good. I yeah, I've that. never it's seen good. The Wiz. That's a, one of the Sydney Levin movies I've what? never seen. So that'll be fun when we get what? to that. Yeah, Sydney Levin directed that. <laughs> He's like, I'm tired of doing Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> Give me The Wiz. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 definitely have to get to that one. Uh, gas man, is your is your how's your content load? Is it light again? Yeah, I've been kind of busy, you know. Um, <laughs> I haven't been watching a lot of content. Um, Crown season four on Netflix, I guess. Also, they're up to season Gambit. four. I thought they started that show like last on year. Netflix. No, this is the Princess Diana, Prince Charles season four that just came out, and uh, I watched about eight hours of it. <laughs> Just how is the Queen's? Light. How is the Queen's Gambit? I keep seeing uh like ads for that. It's got that big eye okay. lady in it. Um, it's life changing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I call it nothing short of sensational. <laughs> wow. Um, but other than that, I haven't been streaming much stuff. Like, oh, Murder at Middle Beach on uh, HBO. Um, the Undoing on HBO, um, but not a lot of content these past few weeks. Oh, Trial Four is on Netflix. Uh, Moonbase Eight is on Showtime. Uh, but I haven't been doing able to like have a lot of free time to stream. Jane Fonda in Five Acts. I watched. <laughs> oh what yeah, I want to see that. That's uh, that's the doc about her. It's phenomenal. Fantastic. I love it. Um, but other than that, not much else. Uh, oh, I did watch uh, Simbo Psycho Taxiplasm on Criterion oh, yeah. Channel. Um, oh, I watched, did a Ladybird. I did really a Lady, Ladybird rewatch. Uh, I watched Born on the Sunset Strip, which is a YouTube documentary about Slash. Um, not much else, though. Uh, that's pretty much it. I will say I did watch wow. Lessons of Darkness by Werner Herzog oh, and yeah. Hillbilly Elegy, the new Ron Howard flick on Netflix. Oh, my God. Yeah, tell us about that because I didn't know anything about it. And then in our group chat, you guys were going off about it. I prefer to call it Hobo Odyssey, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I love that name that you came up with. <laughs> Um, first of all, when the movie starts, uh, the main character is a boy. Uh, it's an adaptation of a book by a guy who, um, I don't know. He, he I don't know. I, I, yeah, anyway, he grows, he's growing up in the movie and he's like doing like country stuff. And he's like, every summer I used to go to the Appalachian mountains and me and my Megan turns to me and she's like, he didn't even live in the mountains full time. He went there during the summer, but he did live in Ohio and, you know, had kind of a hillbilly upbringing. Where am I going with this? What I'm trying to say is <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's not enjoyable enough for me to recommend, really. It's pretty, I mean, I haven't watched the movie, but I remember when the book came out and like every, 
every person, every like right wing opinion columnist loved it. It's by a guy named J.D. Vance, who basically sold out his own mother so that he could get an internship at an Ivy League law firm. Ooh. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> I, wow. mean, I mean, it's not. Is that is that wrong, Gas Man? I mean, that's not exactly what happens. I mean, his <laughs> not book, exactly his book allegedly, you know has a lot to do with like, you know, conservative talking points that maybe, yes. you know, Aaron's <laughs> politics don't quite align with. However, the movie is just mostly bad. It, I don't notice it to be like too like it does have a lot of ideology stuff and I guess it's probably like conservative GOP. So in that sense, you know, it is kind of BS, but it's more just like the movie is um is really bad and weird. Glenn Close is really strange uh, acting in it, and uh, so are the other actors. Yeah, I want to ask you. I, so... I, I want to ask a question now. How many bad hillbilly Southern accents are there in the movie? <laughs> like one out I of mean, every two characters, one out of every three. What's the what's the ratio here? <laughs> they're all bad hillbilly accents and ronnie howard little opie who directed this <laughs> little opie uh, yeah you think his time May- you think you you think his time in mayberry would have prepared him for this <laughs> <laughs> it's very uh strange it's sort of a lot of distracting directing i thought anyway these are just my opinions but jd vance is a conservative capitalist who made for, like forty million dollars selling this movie to Netflix, and I <laughs> hate the world and life is dark. He wouldn't. He wouldn't <laughs> give a clean piss for his mama. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. His that's mama, a bullshit thing. <laughs> his mama, Amy Adams, she comes home and she needs a clean urine sample to pass the nursing board <laughs> drug test and he won't do it grandma glenn close gets on him about it and then he's like fine i'll do it but this is the weird part ron howard does this shot i wasn't going to bring this up it's so funny that you because i didn't want to just arbitrarily bring this up but ron howard has a shot in the bathroom of the kid the 12 year old peeing into the test tube and I'm like, I don't think you need, like, that urine shot. <laughs> like, I don't know. It didn't <laughs> add anything. And it was, like, quite revolting. I was <laughs> – the, the person I was watching with was revolted that they took us into the bathroom with a child to show him pee into a thing for his mom. It was, uh, it was a lot. But there's also a lot of scenes where Amy Adams, like, beats the kid up. And that's a lot, too. Good old Ron Howard, Whoa. such a literalist. Like, if if you say someone's gonna pee in a cup, goddamn it, we're gonna show it. We can't <laughs> trust. It. We can't trust you for one second, audience. To think you kidding you can't me? Leave this up. We're gonna show you everything. How, how can you leave something as outlandish as peeing into a cup to someone's imagination? You can't. You can't just have someone say, "Okay, I'm gonna go pee in this cup," and then cut to. Them walking out of the bathroom with a cup full of pee. How are people gonna know what? How it got even in there? Yeah, it will remain a mystery unless you show it in graphic detail. See, I would. He should make a movie like the, one of those in one take, in real time, super literal movies. He would love it. Yes. Yeah, he would have been the ideal director of 1917. 
or uh, Russian Ark. He loves that yeah. movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch Russian Ark. Isn't Russian Ark like 95 minutes, one take? Yeah, man. We'll have you to check it, it out. We'll have, to wait. we'll have to wait for it to be remade. Oh, yeah, they're doing a remake. <laughs> they're doing a remake of that with Kevin Hart and Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Now that's got potential. I mean, honestly, if they announced that there was a Russian arc remake with Kevin Hart and Ryan Gosling, I'd be intrigued by that. <laughs> like, how would they do it? Like, <laughs> yeah, you'd, have, you'd have to see it. <laughs> IMAX would be the only way. Oh, I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, I got. I'm gonna have to hate watch Hillbilly Elegy soon because I I gotta see it. I gotta <laughs> see this piece of shit, dude. Get on it. I, it's not gonna be on Netflix forever. Oh wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I mean, I didn't watch much. I watched some YouTube. I could I could tell you some of the titles I watched. We got hot plate meals, slow cooked quarantine chicken with veggies. We got oh, Halloween party over. hopping 2016. We got most amazing mystery box ever, celebrity autographs and viewer mail, OC oh celebrity God. marketing. We got review, pumpkin pie pop tarts. Oh, we got oh B dubs, unboxes, and egg. We got uh, a single egg. <laughs> yeah, just one egg. We got fun in balloon land 1965. I mean, I could go on. What was Balloon got, Land? What was that uh, YouTube? Uh, that was a uh, 1965 children's film about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Huge. It was I also good. watched, I got to say, I watched about two hours of that parade this year. What happened? What, what uh, it was even brutal, doing? man. They, well, they didn't have a live audience, obviously. And they performed some Broadway tunes from a nearby theater. And it was... Ridiculous. I mean, the whole parade is lip syncing, and I don't know if I don't know if parades are going to survive COVID. Are it's, they? I don't it's kind of not a parade if there's no audience and all the performers are standing still in a in a cathedral wherever they're performing at. <laughs> it was so. I mean, it was. It seemed so unnecessary to me personally, and I just wonder, you know, not to get too into COVID, but when you see like pro sports playing or like Saturday night live with an audience or a parade. It just makes people think nothing's changed. And so they stay out there spreading. Oh man. So yeah, I mean, Gina and I watched the NBA finals this year, which was like maybe two months ago. And we watched all the yeah. games. It was like five, five, I think ultimately a five game series. And it was truly bizarre because obviously there's no audience. They're in this NBA bubble, I think in Florida, but they dub in all the crowd sounds <laughs> and yeah. the crowd sounds, they have to like match the arc of the game. So if the home team, you know, in quotes is winning, the, the crowd's going nuts. And then if there's a yeah. foul, there's like booze. It's it was truly bizarre. Like the fact that someone's, you know, I imagine behind like a giant sound mixing board, having to sort of live score <laughs> the audience yeah. reaction of a game. They gotta happening. get they gotta get Zimmer on that live scoring. <laughs> I was truly yo, fascinated yo Zimmer did yo Z Hans Zimmer did the music for the Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> Oh my god, are you serious? That's incredible. Yeah, I, I, not only am I serious, but I got it on DVD. Oh, on CD. Sorry, <laughs> I, I messed that up. I got it. I got it on CD. 
from ship nice. to shore. You sell oh, it no. at ship to shore. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Boy, they're slipping by me these days. <laughs> Can't believe it. Well, I, did, I mean, one more piece of content for me. I mean, this weekend on Black Friday, I joined a revolution, the 4K revolution. <laughs> oh, God. man. I wow. got some steel books. <laughs> oh, my God. DVDs? Any exclusives? Let me tell you, you haven't seen Casino until you've seen it in 4K. <laughs> oh, man. So wait, let me get this straight. The blueberry you bought scene? bought a 4K DVD player online? Is this new? Yeah, I got a new TV. I, mean, I, I got, a, whoa, new you got TV. a new TV. Oh, my and God. A new, and, a, and a 4K player. Kid, it's it's OLED. You got to get on this OLED thing. It's huge. It's amazing. <laughs> OLED? That I don't know. You, what is that? You've never organic LEDs, kid. The blackest blacks you've ever seen. Dude. It's it's like Dude. ink on my TV. It's amazing. Whoa, it's oh my organic. God, I feel like I'm being gaslit right now. Let Have me tell I been you, you know, too long. The shot in Casino where it's like all the the heads of the mafia and they're sitting and it's just like lit by one light above. Yeah, boy. Yes, it's a, it just blew me away. Because that's uh that's Robert Richardson, right? He shot that that Marty movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and then I had a little Deacons double feature in 4K. Watch Big Lebowski and then Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> oh my god! How how do all the uh, the colors and the Big Lebowski like the bowling balls? How's that all pop? Oh, let me tell you, just the just that first shot of the Ralphs. <laughs> Incredible! Like you never, you just never seen anything like it. It blew me away. So I'm fully radicalized. I'm a radicalized member of the 4K revolution. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. So that's what I've been doing. Though watching Blade Runner 2049 again, I still think it's too long and kind of boring. Yeah, I saw it in the theater, and I would be. I don't know. I'd be hard pressed to watch it again if it wasn't in a theater <laughs> where I, you know my attention spans longer. But uh, I guess if I had a 4K TV, I I could do that. Yeah, I mean, it, I it just needs will... it needs to be two hours, just straight up, not like nearly three. It's kind of insane. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Gaspet? I will never watch that movie. Unless it plays at Metrograph and we all go live. <laughs> Hello. Did all those theaters close? Have any of have any movie theater? Well, whatever. It's a conversation for another time. What I, I want to know, know is is 4K that much of an upgrade over Blu-ray? I would say yes because I did a little A/B testing on the Big Lebowski, and let me tell you, <laughs> that Ralph shot is unbelievable. <laughs> that milk carton mustache he has. I'm I'll, I'll uh, when when we're done with this, I'll send you some screen grabs. You'll your mind's gonna be blown. <laughs> I would say the oh I, I think I think it's I think it's not so much the discs, it's the TV, the quality of the TV that is the real upgrade. But Big Lebowski looked amazing. Casino again. You mentioned the blueberry scene. I wanted to eat those blueberries. Like you just want to eat them. <laughs> like you're mad with Eighth Rothstein. You want him to put all the blueberries in because you see that guy's muffin. There's no blueberries in it. It's a big problem. Oh my god, this is your year. <laughs> it really is. Well, I got a two. I got a. I got a two week like heavy quarantine period coming up before I um, go see my parents. 
And uh, so something's wait, like wait, 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 wait. So have you been socializing? Otherwise, what did you do for Thanksgiving? No, I mean, I've been going, I go to, I walk to my office. But that's oh, but you won't even do. do that anymore? Yeah, no. Starting next week. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll just be working out of my house and watching 4K. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> getting my mind fucking blown. Let me tell you, Bram Stoker's Dracula, <laughs> those oh reds God. have never been redder. Stop it. Does that mean you, you ordered that on on DVD, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and it got mailed to you? Dude, I ordered it on 4K. Check this out. I love that there's a delivery guy <laughs> who's, like, trekking through Brooklyn to bring you Bram Stoker Dracula on 4K. Oh, yeah. DVD. Whoa. Look at that. Beautiful. Physical media. Look at this black case. You gotta love that. <laughs> that's, some, that's a beautiful steelbook right there. Not a steelbook, sadly. They were out oh. of the exclusive steelbook. <laughs> I know it's a black mark on my on my physical media collection, but I hope to remedy that someday down the line. Oh, dude, I miss the days when we could just hang out in your apartment together. Soon. They'll come soon, and let me tell you, all the steelbooks are waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Can you get Jane Fonda in five acts on 4K DVD? Dude, I don't know. I might have to go to moviezing.com for that, but maybe. Okay. I don't know. I'll consult the experts. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Some of those YouTubers out there. Excuse me, Bluetubers. Bluetubers? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm sure Gabriel knows where I can find some. Gabriel and Brendan Mitchell. Yes. Of course, maybe donkey lips. I don't know. True but anyway, yeah, uh, it's it's been it's been a really great time. Unfortunately, none of the except well, Psycho did just come out on 4K, so I'm gonna have to double dip on that. But unfortunately, oh, these other right. films are not on 4K, including the Thomas Crown Affair, which I think Gasman, you wanted to you wanted to really take us through this one, beat by beat, blow by blow. <laughs> This is lost episode number one that we're covering today. By the way, this is a great episode. I love it already. And Thomas Crown Affair, we never got around to dedicating a full six-hour record sesh to. <laughs> but I wanted to cover it a little bit in this because I know we all have opinions on the likes of Steve McQueen, who stars in the original, Pierce Brosnan, who's in the 99 remake, I think it was. Um, yep. The original is about elaborate bank heists, uh, and the remake with Pierce Brosnan and Rene Russo is about robbing art in art museums, which is <laughs> kind of different and weird. <laughs> um, I think these are both iconic actors in the sense that they're very of their time. Steve McQueen in the original is doing a lot of, um, I think he paraglides and does his own stunts. Hell yeah. You <laughs> I mean, he does. Dude, I'm sending this movie to you on 4K, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll print it myself. Um, <laughs> he also like bombs in a car, which is like his thing. I think Bullet came out the same year that Thomas Crown Affair came out. Um, and same with Pierce Brosnan, obviously very like of his time and this movie is like just bank robbery and he's a womanizer it's very like just those two things mixed in with a cop who is like hapless in trying to 
capture Thomas Crown, which is ridiculous because <laughs> in the original, he co- he like covers his identity with like a light. He like lights the room weird uh, so that yeah, people right. can't see him. And then he speaks into a microphone weird so nobody knows his identity. Um, but the affair in the title refers to, uh, in each movie, the investigator he gets into an affair with and, you know, they basically <laughs> do it. Uh, it's Faye Dunaway in 1960, Rene Russo in the new one. Rene Russo also very of her time. Both those actresses very of their time. Um, anyway, just a couple more things. The original, again, Steve McQueen in his prime. I love Steve McQueen. Um, and it is a Boston movie. I have Massachusetts ties. <laughs> the Thomas Crown Affair, like The Departed and other movies we've covered, is a Boston movie, tons of Massachusetts locations. Um, also in the cast is Nomak Gassiapara, uh, Maya Menino, Casey Affleck, and Larry Bird. Actually, no, that's stupid. None of those people are in the movie. But uh, I don't know. They're both, is like, it- fine. And and the plot of what – the last thing I wanted to say was the affair refers to him getting in bed with the woman investigating him. And the ending's very different. In the first one, he kind of just flies away. <laughs> it's very weird. She's Hi. like, she like looks up at the sky and he's flying away. And he's like, later. You should mention he's flying away in a plane, not at like, not like he's like, like Superman. Superman or something. <laughs> yeah. It's a big twist. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and in the in the first in the second one, sorry, rather, Rene Russo flies away. And she's crying and drinking and shaking uncontrollably on her flight. And she gets a tap on the shoulder and it's Pierce Brosnan. Uh-oh. And <laughs> they start making out and the stewardess is like, you can't make it. Oh, let him make out. Like they have like a sweet moment. And that's the end of the movie. Now, I should say one last thing in the original at the end, as it does throughout the movie, maybe seven or eight times. Windmills of My Mind plays. What's that song called? <laughs> Windmills of Your Mind. Yes, man. Your Mind. Oh, my God. It's such a bad song. And the movie is so much based around it. The, the song won the Oscar for uh, best song. And it's, it's a <laughs> sure really is. weird song. Is it not, guys? Yeah. Well, let me, like tell you, this... let, me t- let me tell you what it beat. Uh, at the Oscars in 1968 for best original song, it beat out Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Funny Girl. <laughs> wow, two songs that I think Stiff people competition. remember a little more. It also beat out a song called "For Love of Ivy" from the movie "For Love of Ivy." Whoa! <laughs> no, no idea what that is. I mean that yeah. that uh, that song plays in the original like. I don't know, five or six times. <laughs> and they play it through. Like, I think in the first time they show it, it's when Stephen Queen's in his glider. And I think they play the whole song because it's like a pop song from the 60s. So it's like two and a half minutes. But boy, it's really this, you know, this bizarre, uh, you'd almost call it like a psychedelic folk song. But that would make it sound like it was good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's so not good. It hasn't aged well at all. And to get a refresher on this movie, on YouTube, I watched a clip show from it that somebody had set to Sting covering Windmills Over Your Mind. <laughs> That's how bad it and is. And it's just like... Sting dude, wants exactly, to cover it so bad. <laughs> exactly. It's just such a 
bad song. We'll play a little of it. Maybe we can edit a little of it into the show. But, oh, um, they've heard it already. You know. It's going to be the opener. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> if you know, you know. And also, guys, I got to say one more thing. The Thomas Crown Affair, or TTCA, as <laughs> us hardcore fans of the film call it, is being remade again with Michael B. Jordan. Wow. People That's need okay. it. People I'm, I'm need down. it. Paul Verhoeven was attached to direct it. The remake. The newest <laughs> remake. That's a now totally that, different movie. <laughs> that would be interesting. I would be down to down for that. Um, yeah, I don't really... I mean, we watched this one. This was like one of the first ones we were planning on doing like right before quarantine, I believe. Um, so it kind of got lost in the shuffle. But all I really remember about the original is Windmills of Your Mind, of course. <laughs> and the uh, very weird editing. That's yeah. right. Where every, every multi frames. Yeah, everything looks like a Saul Bass credit sequence. Yeah, uh, I believe that's Hall, uh, yeah, Hall Ashby. Hal Ashby. Uh, yeah. We, I mean, it's really headache inducing, all the, the squares <laughs> and rectangles within each other. And I do it. At the beginning, and I think there's like a, a horse race or something. Like a there's a montage where they do it again. I think it has to do with horses or dogs. Like you, Aaron, I yeah. don't really remember a whole lot about this besides that. Yes, and I do also remember in the remake that I can't believe you didn't mention this, gas man. The cop in the remake, played by Deja Vu's favorite, Dennis Leary. <laughs> Kid, he's like, go Red Sox. You can't. There's no cure for cancer. Wait, wait, MTV. Is Dennis, is Dennis Leary Irish? Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure about I don't that? Know. Yeah. We might, we'll have to get back Boston? to you on that. <laughs> but does the does the remake take place in Boston? I don't remember it taking place there. Uh, I yeah. honestly that I don't know. But Dennis Leary is, again, the most hapless cop. Like, in the final... Aaron, can you speak to that final scene where they can't find him because he, like, sends people in bowler hats throughout a museum? And then there's the wing that he ends up... He ends up robbing... Pierce Brosnan ends up robbing the wing that the hundred policemen who are there to get him just happen to not be watching. Like, it makes no sense. What I love about that is... um, It's set at the Met, so it's set in New York, not yeah. not Boston, sadly. Uh, so it has like the, the <laughs> yeah. most high tech security in the world for like a museum. And the thing I remember is that I think Brosden stops this gigantic steel door oh, yeah. from closing using a pencil. Yes, <laughs> yes, a regular number two pencil. Was it a pencil? It was something. It was definitely something like that. It was like, a pencil or a pen. It was very absurd, whatever it was. And like, and yeah. I do remember his plan at the end. It was all the guys dressed like um, the Son of Man painting with the guy with, like, the fruit in his face. Oh, yeah. You got to love that. And how, like, overly complicated this plan is. Like, it is, it's crazy. No wonder Dennis Leary is so flummoxed. (laughs) Dude, he goes into the room. So when they, when they realize they weren't guarding a whole wing of the Met, they arrive in the room and he goes right to the pencil as if he knows it's there. And he like sees that a pencil foiled him. And Dennis Leary's like, oh, wicked robbed, dude. It's great. It's like, kid, wicked robbed. 
It's great stuff. And this movie was nominated for a Blockbuster Entertainment Award. Whoa. And won. <laughs> favorite favorite actor, Pierce Brosnan. Oh so God. you know we got we're talking to, we got an award winner on our hands here. Wow! So these are award-winning movies. The Michael B. Jordan one should be out on Netflix by the time we end recording, <laughs> and <laughs> I will never watch it. But I hope it has a cover of Windmills of Your Mind. I mean, it has now, to, right? Here's a here's a little fun uh, trivia factoid for you. In uh, in while while he was in prison. The director of the remake, John McTiernan, wrote a sequel called Thomas Crown and the Missing Lioness. Oh, I didn't know McTiernan went to jail. What did he go to jail for? He went to jail for lying to the FBI. (laughs) He was involved in the like wiretapping scandal in Hollywood or something. I don't know a lot about it. It had something to do with the production of the Rollerball remake that he directed. So Okay, you know what's really interesting is that he directed a Rollerball remake in 2002, and the original director of the original Thomas Crown Affair did the 1975 Rollerball movie. Wow. Whoa, that's true. Jewison and McTiernan are just on the same Dude, wavelength. Dude, wow. I'm out. I might as well just log off. I'm not going to say any better call. Dude, that's crazy. And he also filed for bankrupt- bankruptcy uh, while he was in prison. So <laughs> McTiernan <laughs> is really having a rough go. Do you think that was his low point? <laughs> You'd think he, I mean, I if, he, it, it, according to Wikipedia, he has a movie in production. Oh, God. But his last movie was in 2003, uh, Basic, with John Travolta and Samuel Jackson. Uh, basic, you can say that again. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Yes, man, please. <laughs> has a McTiernan suffered. John McTiernan, inmate 10056. Hasn't he suffered enough? No. <laughs> he doesn't need to get roasted by the gas man. Come on. He doesn't He's an listen. avid listener. An they avid don't have listener. podcasts in prison, do they? Well, he's out of prison now. No, I meant Hollywood prison. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, ultimately, ultimately, these both these movies, uh, pretty uh, unremarkable, uh, pretty boring. Yeah, I was real that's bored my, through both of them for different reasons. <laughs> so when we're like, when we forgot to do it, I was totally fine forgetting. <laughs> Dude, part of the problem is the opening of the original is what feels like five minutes of windmills of your mind. And <laughs> so, like, you're already starting at negative. Like, it can't come back from that. It's so boring. Yeah. But I do yeah, love Steve McQueen, and I love uh, Dennis Leary, so I'm going to give both these movies an A+. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a fan of psychedelic folk, I will give... <laughs> I'll give the original. I'll give the original a a, a C minus and the remake like a C minus. Dude, I love Steve McQueen though. Why? I don't know. Yeah, why? <laughs> Come on, he's so versatile. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, he t- he's if he's anything, he's versatile. Dude, he does more with his face in this movie than any of us will do in a lifetime. That's true. Well, when I yeah, look at him sure. in this movie, I just I just think about like what's he thinking? 
What's he thinking about? <laughs> He's thinking about an apple floating in space. <clears throat> yes, he is. What do you rate him, Christopher? Oh, uh, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, uh, I'll say him. a D, D plus for both. Yeah, we love him. D plus. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> you did it. Thomas Crown Affair. Looking forward to going to the theater to see the newest remake, you guys. Big ups oh, to yeah. the Thomas Crown Affair. And um, now we've covered that. That's so nice. And we have two more to cover, right? Oh yeah, oh, we yeah. got the ne- we got another one coming up. It's Freaky Friday from oh. 1976 and 2003, and now it's been remade again. Uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago, it came out, so uh, you know it's a little timely. We didn't even realize that at the time, but but yeah, Freaky Friday 1976. You got Jodie Foster, you got Barbara Harris, and uh, Freaky Friday 2003. You got Lindsay Lohan, and you got uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. And let me tell you, both really unfunny, <laughs> but Rude. Rude. but. I would say, much like uh, the Thomas Crown Affair, the original Freaky Friday has a real banger of a track opening it up. <laughs> I'd like to be you for a day, which I hope will make it into the uh, end of the oh, end it's, of the episode. It's closing the up for sure. <laughs> because it is truly the movie peaks at that opening credit sequence, which is very well done, a nice little animated thing with a pretty cool art style, and that great tune, Real Earworm, and then it's all downhill from there. It's just a bunch of typical 70s live-action Disney kind of hijinks. There's water skiing involved. Uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the real highlight. That's the climax of the yeah. movie, all this water skiing. The whole movie, they're like, Annabelle, yeah. played by Jodie Foster, is a star water skier. And it's like, has anyone ever been a star water skier? Like, I don't, it doesn't <laughs> compute. And they don't do any real water skiing. It's all weird in front of the... 70s blue screen oh yeah the whole movie is very low energy (laughs) it's a lot of like (laughs) static shots of people sitting down being like wait a second you're a little kid but you're talking like you're uh, a (laughs) grown-up like and that's the whole joke it's the whole movie is just a series of scenes like that yeah it has a very sleepy quality Uh, oh no it's weird (laughs) because in the original first of all I just got to say, that was an iconic movie from my childhood. I think it was the only VHS for kids that maybe the library had. So (laughs) when I was three, I fell in love with Barbara Harris. She's amazing. However, for a 1978 Disney movie, it's a little risque to have the mother hitting on the boy who's the next door neighbor. Who, you know, the daughter's obviously in love with, but they switch bodies. It's Freaky Friday. What can you do? (laughs) (laughs) however in the what i want to say in the remake also disney um that's even more crazy and convoluted this guy chad michael murray from one tree hill plays this like boy toy who like both of them fall in love with and he ends up like following them all around the movie because he's obsessed with them and then in the last like in the epilogue of the movie they're at jamie lee curtis's wedding to mark Harmon, and he even shows up there to like I don't know, like, get Lindsay Lohan. Anyway, all this is to say it's risque that they had that weird timeline. And real quick, I want to say, in the original, Jodie Foster goes to school, so she never interacts so much with Barbara Harris. 
in the 2003 remake, it's so annoying because the whole movie is basically Lindsay Lohan fighting with Jamie Lee Curtis, the mom, and they're just fighting the whole movie and disagreeing and getting nowhere. And it's just enraging. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. I mean, I would say <laughs> watching the watching the original 1976 one, I remember like feeling like it was over and then there's like 20 minutes of blue screen water skiing material (laughs) i'm just so utterly bored like dick van patten is just doing pratfalls it's it's very annoying dick van patten though he's trying you know he got his paycheck he's trying he's doing something i like john astin too in the movie i do remember him and he's always a a fun presence but i mean i I would they're, they're they're both pretty you know boring though i will uh, the one thing that i will that i need to mention about these movies is that i thought for sure that the original movie would have some sort of racist explanation as to why this is happening yeah and it doesn't explain it at all which i liked (laughs) whereas the 2003 movie does go the racist route and basically says it's an ancient Chinese secret. Oh, yeah, it's real gross. In the first movie, they just, they say like the same thing at the same time. I, I wish they would walk in my shoes for a day and then through like a very... I wish I could trade, cheese- I just got to say, they go, I wish I could trade places with her there for we go. just one day. <laughs> and then it's like... <laughs> And it's all psychedelic, and it's oh, freaky. Yeah. It's like a split right. screen, and then the images overlap, and the whole thing. No actual like explanation, which is great because uh, you know who cares? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It, <laughs> it deeply, deeply doesn't matter how it happens. But in the remake, they they go to a Chinese restaurant and they're arguing in front of the people who run it, and I guess the people who run it who are all you know stereotypes. Like very yeah. <laughs> off-putting stereotypes, uh, decide yes. to switch their bodies for them to make them learn how to see through each other's eyes, and they do it by opening a fortune cookie. We yeah, say. it's pretty insane, and that is really what I walked away and still remember about the movie is just like this movie is not even twenty years old, and it is way more racist than a movie that's from nineteen seventy-six. Yeah, so. that is surprising. I know. And it's we like, should. How does Disney get away with that? Like, this is a staple movie of them in the 70s and then again in 2003. How do they get away with that? It's so weird because it's also just not. I thought it was such a bad movie. I was surprised. I saw it had 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, the remake. Yeah, people. Uh, I remember. Wow. I do remember watching it at the time and enjoying it, but, you know. I was a dummy. In 03? (laughs) You were a dummy, dummy. did you say? Yeah. (laughs) And it was remade again in 2018 as a Disney Channel original movie, and again this year, loosely, as Freaky, starring Vince Vaughn. And there's one more remake, I believe, with Shelley Long and Gabby Hoffman. Wow. Yeah, which I also think was a Disney Channel original movie. Yeah, it definitely was. So Disney just (laughs) loves I'm getting you that on this product. Oh my god! I can't wait. Make sure it's yeah. They love they love hawking Freaky Friday, and it's so dumb. And you know what else is dumb? Instead of water skiing in the 2003 remake, Lindsay Lohan has a band, and her band is in the Battle of the Bands, and they're called Pink Slip. They're a five piece 
rock and roll, punk rock, punk, sledgehammer to the face. And really are. Um, it has <laughs> some pretty really bad, are. like, they ha- it has some pretty bad fake musicianship going on. Um, it's just a bad movie. Yeah, because Jamie Lee Curtis has to get on stage and, and shred. Shred. And shred, she does. <laughs> she wins. They win the Battle of the Bands. Probably. Sure I, don't, I really don't remember if they win or not. <laughs> I, yeah, I I don't know. I, I think I ultimately preferred the remake because it felt shorter. And there wasn't <laughs> 20 minutes of water skiing footage at the end of it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't That's know. the Maybe. best part. I have to get the 4K so I can see the deleted scenes of all the water skiing footage uh, for the 2003 version. But yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're both like C's, C minus. I just want to say something else about the OG Freaky Friday from '78. You guys made a good call that it's kind of low energy, but at the same time, I remember as a toddler being <laughs> freaked out by it on many levels, and I think part of that is like the dynamic that. Jodie Foster's at school all day and Barbara Harris is getting up to her hijinks all day. So you're like cutting back and forth with the field hockey tournament. There's a long ass cop car chase. Um, There's a lot of like cars driving on the sidewalk. And then there's also, as we've discussed, (laughs) the gigantic water skiing festival at the end. It all made for a very stressful movie for me when I was three. (laughs) Little gas well, man, he's not old enough to watch this yet. We're gonna wait a few years. <laughs> it's you also know, crazy what happened to Lindsay Lohan's whole career because I don't know. You just can't say enough about how promising it once was. See, that's that is you know, what I like about the remake. I think her and Jodie Foster. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, her and Jamie, Jamie Lee. Lee Curtis. My bad. I think her and Jamie Lee Curtis have much better chemistry than the original two. And I, I think they have, since they have so many scenes together, it makes for, to me, a much more interesting movie than just, as you described, Gasman, one person's at home, the other person's at school. And we just sit on that, you know, back and forth for like an hour. Yeah, she is trying to, in the original, the mother is trying to wash the clothes for, uh, that's a good like 15 minutes of the movie. It's just her trying and Big failing time. to you to do the laundry. Yeah, and the suds <laughs> overflow. See, as a child, I lived in fear Classic. that that was going to happen because in my <laughs> mind, do. it happened inside the television every single Freaky Friday. <laughs> well, I, well on, the, on the topic of that, just one more thing. The uh, the I'd Like to Be You for a Day song, nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Original Song. There's a little Deja Vu's connection here because what it lost to? Evergreen from A Star is Born. <laughs> oh, my God. Which we all remember being so great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that the one that's like, well, I know what it's like. Evergreen is um, memories at the corners of the mind. No, that's the way we were. Uh, I don't know. Don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't how remember it either. Goes. Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed. Cut this part out, please. The only part, Dude, the how only bad? I remember from that is the opening song where Chris Christopherson is just screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> wow. It looks like Evergreen also won over Car Wash from the movie Car Wash. That's, that's true. A fun, that's that's a fun song. song. I know. <laughs> Meet me at the car wash. <laughs> 
Come out. But yeah, pretty, uh, pretty uh, crappy movies uh, all around. What do you guys say? Yeah, I I think that the remake is even worse. I mean, with all due respect to well, the chemistry <laughs> between JLC and Young Lindsay Lohan, you could make meth with that chemistry because they're just weird and jamie lee curtis has the same haircut as her fiance mark Harmon, which uh i thought that was weird uh i don't know you know what's weird is like (laughs) there's inconsistency in the way they act as the kid and then the adult like you're just like that's not how that one would act or how that one would act like jamie lee curtis for example uh Lindsay Lohan wakes up in her mom's body and then she go- proceeds to go to her work office and still do all the therapy psychology appointments that she <laughs> oh, yeah. needs to. Anyway, That's a good scene. I, I, I feel like with Thomas Crown Affair and Freaky Friday, like Christopher, Christopher Wisely, I feel like always says, he said to me one time how like not everything has to have a point, you know, but I feel like these <laughs> movies do truly verge on being they're not pointless if they made money i mean there is no bad art but these get pretty close (laughs) (laughs) that's that's true (laughs) there's that yeah it's there's that true flow quote where he's like there are no good and bad movies just good and bad directors Okay, oh, yeah. Trufo. <laughs> Whatever you say, guy. Well, who? I mean, the director of the 1976 Freaky Friday has a real, a real resume. Oh my God, he directed Are episodes you... of Happy Days. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh God, no wonder it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he directed that. Oh, he directed boy. the Black Hole, classic. He directed a little movie you may remember called The Boy Who Talked to Badgers. <laughs> oh, no. that I picked it that up on 4K, like, so. That sounds like it could be on Disney Plus. I mean, not to get totally sidetracked, but in Disney Plus, there's a menu for like decade retrospectives, and some of their stuff from like the 60s and 70s is like so bad. It's like, it's like the puppy yes. died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gus, the movie about the horse who plays football. You gotta oh, love that. Yeah. Come on, I love it. I love the it. apple. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all good. <laughs> well, should we move on to the next in the lightning round? All right, last last set. So, as we said before, we actually recorded an episode over the two Psycho movies, but we decided, in all modesty, that. It just wasn't quite up to snuff, so we're going to do a a quick recount of it here. So, you know, Psycho, the original 1960, Alfred Hitchcock, it's it's kind of a a classic. I don't think you even need any sort of (laughs) uh, preamble or anything about it. The 1998 version, though, is kind of an oddity. It's directed by Gus Van Sant. He made it after he made Goodwill Hunting, and which is, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a very awardsy movie. It won all kinds of things, and I guess Gus it's said, the best. <laughs> also, lots of uh, lots of Boston. You know, obviously oh, yeah. one of the classic Boston movies, Goodwill Hunting. So he decides to follow it up with Psycho, and it is very nearly a shot-for-shot remake of the original. I say very nearly because. 
I would say, I don't know, like 90, 90%, 95% are exact duplicate shots of the original. But it's in color. They use the same script even, I believe. I don't think they even had... Yeah, it's the same exact script. So all the dialogue is identical. Uh, the shots are the same. And a lot of the staging in terms of where the actors are on the sets is exactly the same. So it's kind of this like... Um, you almost call it like an experimental movie, con- considering it's uh, coming out of you know Universal Studios, and that it's such an odd way to go about remaking a movie. Um, I would say that <laughs> the the thing I remember most about this movie, the remake, is uh, at one point in the movie, the detective goes to the Bates Motel, and in the original. Uh, Martin Bolson is the detective, and in order to get out of the car, he slides across the bench seat and exits to the passenger door, which is an old-timey movie and TV trick so that you don't have to, like, change the camera. <laughs> you don't have to, like, change focus or anything. You just have the actor slide across and get out on the other side, <laughs> which still makes sense because it's a bench seat. In the remake, they still do this for, I think it's William H. Macy, but it's 1998, and so the cars don't have been seats, so he has to kind of climb over <laughs> the two, yeah, like, captain's chairs in this car to get out. I just remember thinking, wow, they are, they are really committed to this idea of, of remaking it as closely as possible. Yes. I think the only things they changed in the, in the script are, like, the um, stuff like the amount of money that she takes at the beginning is oh, different. Oh, yeah. Like, the, are you saying that there's a different MacGuffin? Sure I think is. they just add like one zero at the end. <laughs> yeah, that 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 sounds right. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty strange movie. I mean, the casting in particular is very odd, especially now. Like seeing Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates, <laughs> though now he's playing a serial killer again in Freaky. So it's all right. coming full circle. Yeah, he's in a remake weird. of a remake, sort of. I mean, Vince yeah. Vaughn notoriously, obviously, is one of those these guys that um, tries hard to play villains. <laughs> and this was the beginning of that. I remember when they announced they were doing a Psycho cover with Anne Heche and Vince Vaughn. And I thought they could not have chosen better thespians to be in this movie. And I am just kidding because they're both kind of miscast and... The biggest problem I had, obviously, with the remake is there's not much to it because you already know everything that's going to happen. And the 1960 movie is famous for surprising you with the aforementioned MacGuffin and then instead killing the main character in the shower in the most famous scene in movie history. (laughs) It's like... It's like you would have had to have seen Psycho in 1960 in a movie theater to have been surprised by the shower scene. So everyone in the past uh, 60 years <laughs> has not been surprised by the shower scene and definitely wasn't when Vince Vaughn busted in in the Gus Van Sant cover. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm ranting. Sorry. Well, that's why they, I do like how you call it a cover, though. Him, uh, that's why they had to have him masturbating at that little twist. Oh, yeah. oh that was an add-on in the remake, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, because that's kind well, of an implied thing in the uh, yeah. in the original, because they couldn't, they definitely couldn't show it in 1960. I yeah. forgot about that. 
Well, and all Gus the Van uh, Sant like, added that, huh? The inserts as well. All the uh, oh yeah, the the calf in the middle of the road, the clouds. Uh, what else? So I think there? in the shower scene, <laughs> one they, they insert slow mo clouds, or no, it's uh, time lapse clouds, like my own private Idaho and all that. Uh, it's like it's like he did a shot for shot remake, but then he added a. There's the frame of a calf in the middle of the road. There's a frame of a lady in a blindfold, and then the clouds. It's like that was his addition, <laughs> huh? Wow, very Gus. Hey Gus, could you be more Gus? No, you could. I mean, as much as I found find uh, the remake to be completely pointless, I do. You know, Gus, he's got some balls because. Yeah. Like to do like to, with all the cachet of Goodwill Hunting and like the Oscar wins and he could have done whatever he wanted and choosing to do this <laughs> with like I mean it cost sixty million dollars he basically flushed sixty million dollars <laughs> down the toilet to do a uh, style exercise it's pretty crazy <laughs> yeah I agree I I appreciate the idea of it because I think. As we've discussed on this show, a lot of what what makes a good remake is that you sort of come at it from a distinct point of view, a different point of view from the original. So to have this like almost almost like meta commentary on what a remake is and what a remake should do or shouldn't do by just duplicating as closely as possible the original, I think is a real interesting idea and I think it's fun to talk about, but when you're actually watching the movie, it's kind of a drag. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and like, I love Gus Van Sant uh, as well. I feel like he thought he was sitting on a cash cow potentially. Like he was like, if I pull this off, I'm going to be able to cover every classic movie frame by frame. It's going to be rather uncomplicated and you know what I mean? Like, what if Psycho, the remake, had been this giant hit and made, like, 300 million worldwide and, like, reintroduced Hitchcock to people in the 90s? Like, Gus Van Sant would have been like, damn, I have, like, five other movies I could make as a cover version in the next year, and I could make millions. Like, I think he was hoping to pull it off. I don't know. Anyway, we did this <laughs> as the first ever episode, and I know the audio didn't survive, but it made so much sense as the first episode because it's like the ultimate remake and it really it's is. also the ultimate waste of money to me because <laughs> I think ultimately the remake yeah. kind of failed and to have 60 million dollars flushed down the toilet for a psycho remake a style exercise like you called it yeah. so aptly Aaron is so crazy I remember yeah. the other thing I remember about this movie is in the remake when it ends um, there's like this shot of the highway that lasts over the credits and with the uh, with just like ambient audio of it. And it's very like oddly contemplative. And I'm like, <laughs> this kind of makes me rethink the, it doesn't re rethink the whole thing, but it's like, what am I, what are we supposed to be doing here? <laughs> Dude, that's just like uh, uh, Good Will I really Hunting. I though. Huh? I think the credits of Good Will Hunting are the highway. It's a oh, Gus Van Sant. That's right. Thing. Yeah. It's a Gus Van Sant thing, bro. Because if I remember correctly, the original, the end card of the original is the the car being pulled out of the lake or tar or whatever it is, and then it's the yeah, end. The swamp. And he, yeah. Yeah. And so he does that in the remake, but then the camera keeps pulling up, and you just sit there and have to think about everything you just saw. <laughs> 
Yeah, I like that too. I mean, it's 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 pretty solid. <laughs> it's that, just that a strange thing. way to end this bizarre outing. <laughs> it really, yeah, the, it, yeah. it really is strange. Yeah, I mean, and the clunky one, thing at the end where they explain his diagnosis. Yeah, which they have to carry over as outdated as it is. It's pretty. Yeah, it's really. I mean, outdated. I feel like anybody, even anybody else, even if another director did try to do this same thing. I feel like many would cut that scene. The fact that he kept it in again, no way, it just man. shows the the commitment to the, the commitment to the whole thing. It's great. And then, you know, we got to talk about flea. I mean, fleas in it for some reason. <laughs> That's right. He's the hardware store clerk and he has one line. <laughs> it's, it's very odd. Although, uh, yeah. although when I'm thinking about, I really liked William H. Macy in it because he's kind of the only person who's not giving like a modern film perform- performance. William H. Macy's playing yeah. it like it's, you know, the early 1960s. He's kind of playing it like a, you know, like a Coen Brothers private detective role because <laughs> everybody else is being, you know, as as naturalistic as they can where he is really giving it this like outdated performance style. Yeah, Macy is like, uh, uh, what's the guy, John Polito in uh, Big Lebowski when he shows up as the- My brother Seamus! Yeah, he is like that, and he is, yeah, because I feel like all the other actors, especially N.H., is trying to, like, uh, not, uh, elevate is the wrong word, but like, modernize the material. Modernize, yeah. And, uh... Macy and Van Zandt are just not doing that at all. And Macy even kind of takes it back, like, to the 40s. He he takes it back more decades than he should. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Uh, yeah, it is because uh, Viggo Mortensen is also kind of a weird performance oh, yeah. of this, who I don't, don't really care for. Don't care for Mortensen or Julianne Moore in this. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I... I don't really like Julianna Moore all that much. I feel like she... Shame. I know. I know. I, I feel kind of, you know, I don't feel bad about it, but I just don't feel like... <laughs> I feel like she needs a really distinct director to, to show off what she's good at, and I feel like most of the time she doesn't have that, so it comes off poorly. <laughs> and yes. here's a good example of it. Yeah, it's, I mean, not to say that Gus Van Zandt's a bad director, but he's definitely trying something, you know, odd here. But, you <laughs> he know, this movie... doesn't care about what would be good for her. <laughs> no, he's he's only in it for the experiment. Uh, but, you know, this movie does have one high-profile fan, QT. <laughs> Prefers it to the original. He says what? it's... Well, a it's a movie about a movie. Of idiot. course he does. <laughs> Yeah, Tarantino says it is says the remake is quote more real. <laughs> okay, I guess which I find it's in color. <laughs> I don't I don't know how you could consider it more real because everything about it just takes me out of watching the movie. It's all about like how it's not real, how it's an experiment to recreate something fake, like a, a small a fake a, a, a copy of. A copy, a fake copy. That's weird. That's why he likes so, it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know. He just walks in front of that eye. movie screen and says, movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, Tarantino aside, we can get back to that. 
Vince Vaughn takes you out of the remake too. Like, I mean, just the fact that all these actors are like not that great. I don't know. I think that takes away from the remake. Also, I got to say, the 1961 is an antique at this point. I need to reiterate that the shower scene is no longer a surprise. So the movie, although a classic and obviously shocking and groundbreaking for its time, I don't think it holds up that well. The original. So I don't understand uh... why we're still going on with... Bates Motel prequel TV series, <laughs> and there were extra novels. Aaron, I wish you could speak to the Psycho 2 novel. Psycho um, 2 is uh, pretty cool, actually, yeah. The the novel version, I mean, the movie's good too, but it has nothing to do with the novel. The novel is like the original meta commentary. It's about <laughs> the making of a movie about Norman Bates's crimes, and he comes back, and it, it's kind of like Scream 2, actually. It's a kind of... <laughs> Because he, like, um, murders people on the movie set, right? Yes, yeah. It's a pretty oh. uh, interesting... It's a pretty interesting novel, and it is... Uh, and the original Psycho novel is a, is all right as well. I remember reading this at the time when we did the original episode. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, the, the sequels are all kind of interesting. I haven't watched Bates Motel. Um, you know, you're more of a TV head, yes, man. Have you watched it? Um, no, I haven't been too busy watching the queen's gambit but i'll get to it it's okay. on my list <laughs> no well, it's actually I... not even on my list because that's my thing is i think anthony perkins is that his name yeah he does a good job with norman bates and the original like i'm a fan of hitchcock and all that but i don't see a need <laughs> to get any deeper into the franchise like it's overkill like all like all these sequel things it's like, I'm just sitting there being like, why? Like, why do we need an, a fourth Thomas Crown Affair and a seventh Freaky Friday and a second TV series about the prequel of Psycho? It's like, who cares? I mean, while I do agree, <laughs> Psycho 2, the movie, and Psycho 3 are worth watching. They're they're fun. Uh, Psycho 3 is directed by Anthony Perkins. Uh Scored by Carter Burwell. Whoa! Uh, it's it, it's a it's a solid time. And part two, it, you know, obviously it's not necessary in any way. But as far as a sequel to Psycho goes, you could certainly do a hell of a lot worse. It's very watchable. Yeah, I've it's never good. seen them. I am I am morbidly curious. I'm sure one day I will check them out because I don't know. You speak well of them, and the idea that you know. Anthony Perkins or Norman Bates is like a, an older man, I think, is really an interesting idea. But I just haven't gotten there yet. Haven't had enough time. In the I think they're on team. Prime. <laughs> I think they're on Prime now. They're on oh. something. I, I saw them pop up on some service uh, lately. But yeah. It's, I, heard uh, that, um, I heard that Quentin Tarantino wants to do a shot-for-shot shot remake of Psycho 3. <laughs> you know, that is something he would do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's more real. Yeah. <laughs> Psycho three really needed to be more real. I gotta ground this, you know. It's 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 living in a fantasy world. It's a little too crazy. <laughs> Maybe I could add some Paul Revere and the Raiders tracks to live it oh, up. Oh man, no! <laughs> well, I also watched that on four K. I forgot to mention that. Once upon a Once time. Once upon a time. Boy, how was oh, it? Yeah. 
I love that. Boy, you know, it's 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 uh, my opinion has not changed from my first viewing where it's just okay. It's too yeah. long. Yeah, I didn't too like it that meandering. much when we watched it in the theater. On film, maybe, 35 maybe millimeter. Dude, that movie's awesome. Maybe Tarantino should do a remake of Psycho and call it Once Upon a Time in the Bates Motel. And in the end, uh, Norman Bates gets away with it. Think what? about Boy. it. Boy, what? that'd be a real twist. Like, what other <laughs> history, see that coming. What oh, other history can Tarantino rewrite? Find out in the next decade. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what he we'll see what he comes up with. <laughs> Isn't he well, making I a mean, Star Trek movie? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I think he was like writing one. Who he's cares? writing a he's writing a novel based on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, he's making a novelization. That's you, pretty huge. You got to expand uh, upon that. It's a lot more you driving know, actually, scenes. <laughs> I've been reading a lot in quarantine, and I recently finished the novelization of the Thomas Crown Affair. The remake, not the original. Wow. <laughs> Boy, I got to get yeah. that on my Kindle. <laughs> yeah, there's an audiobook by Dennis Leary. <laughs> <laughs> now that I like. Well, I mean, does that wrap up the lightning round? I'll go uh, Psycho, Psycho original. Um, going to give it an F. Psycho remake. I've got to go with QT here. A plus <laughs> plus. Wow. Of course, the Tarantino fanboy jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, Psycho, I, you know, Psycho gets an A and Psycho remake gets an A for effort. <laughs> Oh gosh! Uh, I'll, I'll give the original Psycho uh, an A plus. Actually, I, I love the original Psycho. Um, I could watch that sequence of Anthony Perkins cleaning up the murder scene. That's like oh, I don't yeah. know, ten minutes of him silently doing work. I could watch that all day long. I just I love it. Um, <laughs> I want you to make that the background <laughs> on your phone. It's like a Janine Dillman. I mean, it really is kind of Gene Dillman esque. Um, yeah. I would give the remake, I don't know. You did the A for effort. That's pretty good. I'll take that. I'll say that too. I, I, I appreciate it when I'm not watching it. <laughs> right. I admire. I admire it's that it, that it exists. But, right. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that was a pretty good experiment. Lightning round. I mean, yeah. uh, six movies know, for the price of one. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, the next episode, we're going to be talking about the best and worst remakes that we have watched uh, in this show. So, look forward to that, listener. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a deja views Christmas gift to you. Mm-hmm. A huge retrospect and a thank you to all of those who have written five star reviews on our iTunes. We love our listeners. Shout out to them all. Um, I got to say, shout out to. <laughs> Angela, Ian Wildman, uh, Kev, uh, John, Andrea, Jack Hussey. We got a lot of fans, the Kennys. And thanks to all those people for writing us five-star reviews and emailing us. We love you. (laughs) We love you. We really do. We love you. And remember. So many remakes. Remember, there are so many remakes and so little time, so... Always be watching a remake. Uh, And if you're watching a movie and there is no remake, just wait. 
because there will be. And it's coming in 2021. I'd like to be you for a day. I'd like to be you for a day.